0: Yes, you can. I know we just prayed, but can you just bow your head with me one more time? Father, um, just as I was praying before, I don't take this lightly. This is your word. I'm a, I'm a worm at best compared to your glory. But Lord, I am a worm that wants to be used by you, Lord. So use me now to encourage all these people. We don't deserve your grace. We don't deserve your word, the Bible. But Lord, in grace, in grace, you've come. And in grace, you speak to us. And in grace, you raise us up. And in grace, you fill our hearts with joy no matter the circumstances. And tonight we're going to talk about difficult circumstances. So Lord, I pray that you would use this word for my heart or in my heart and in the hearts of these people who are here, either to turn their hearts and minds towards you or to encourage us and go through the difficulties that maybe they and I or us together are working or walking through. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Just want to say, welcome back, Lee. We missed you. Um, Yes. So, this is the second part of uh, chapter 21. Um, I'm going to focus on a very short passage. Uh, What is that? Uh, Nine verses, ten verses, whatever, eleven verses. No, it doesn't matter. Um, By way of introduction, uh, the song that we sang at one point, the first song that we sang said, I lay down everything at your feet. I give you everything. What a big statement. A human, natural, fallen heart cannot do that. It's a challenge to sing that song, right? Because we have so much to put down. We'll see somebody tonight who put down everything. So, before we get there, up until today, we have accompanied Paul... Um, through his many travels throughout countries and regions that don't know Jesus. We have witnessed God at work through Paul. We have witnessed his trials, his suffering, not very many joys, but some of the joys. And finally, we have witnessed God deliver Paul from the challenges and the trials and the suffering, he even says it himself. Uh, next slide. He even says it himself. My persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them, yet from them all. The Lord rescued me. Just focus on the last part. It says, Which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. How did He rescue Him if He endured them? It's going to be a head scratcher. Think about that. But now, um, we're in the second part of chapter 21. We witnessed something else. So up until now, we witnessed God at work. We witnessed Paul. We witnessed his travels. But now we're witnessing, we're starting to witness something else. We're witnessing, or we're starting to witness, the start of Paul's captivity, of which we will not see the end of. This is a captivity that will take him to Rome, and will have his head chopped off. He will be martyred, right? And it's a fulfillment of what Jesus says, right? Next slide. Jesus says or said to him indirectly, he's a chosen instrument of mine to carry. That word carry is heavy because we know how Paul carried the name. He's a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And that's what we're starting to witness here, the king's part. So this is a captivity in which, even though in chains, Paul is not less effective. Never, when Paul was in prison, was he less effective than when he was not in prison, right? Think about it. Think of Philippi, for example, right? Also, this is a captivity in which the Spirit of God uses Paul and uses his suffering to glorify God. He will suffer a lot. And finally, this is the beginning of a a captivity which will end with Paul's death. Paul's death. I read to you 9.15, I will read to you 9.16. Also, Jesus says, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. The word carry my name and the word, or the phrase carry my name and the phrase suffer for the sake of my name are congruent, they come together. You cannot carry the name of Christ and not suffer for it whatever shape that takes. Just go out and tell somebody about Jesus. See the reaction. Don't do anything. Just speak the truth in love. See the reaction. In Luke, we're told that Jesus was given by God as a sign to be opposed. If Jesus is a sign to be opposed, what's the logical reaction? Opposition. So in the first half of chapter 21, uh, when uh, Christian was preaching, right, we Paul was leaving this very small church. And at one point when he wants to leave, the Holy Spirit tells him through uh, a prophet, don't leave because you're going to be bound and you're going to be arrested and you're going to suffer and all that. And the people are freaking out and don't go, stay with us, you're going to suffer. And at one point he wants to go, he doesn't want to stay there and he says... Uh, and they say, okay, the will of God be do, be done. And so here, no, don't change that. Uh, so here we see the will of God for Paul. You must carry my name and you must suffer for it. So today I want us, yeah, you can change the slide. Today I want us to look at very two very short, episodes or situations or moments in uh, in the second part of this chapter. The first one is from verse 27 to 30, Jews from Asia lay no no Jews from Asia lay hands on Paul in the temple. That's one and second, Paul is arrested by the Roman tribune in 31 to 36. So let me read the text first and then we'll look at the first one. When when the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone, everywhere, against the people, the law, and this place. Moreover, he even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then all the city was stirred up, and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple, and at once the gates were shut. There's five short things I want to point out here. Next slide. I want to talk a bit about the temple, about who the Jews from Asia are, about their method, their argument, and about their accusations. First, the temple. Paul was seized in the temple while attending the seven days of purification, if you read the whole chapter, right? Um now paul was travelling for a long period of time he wasn't in jerusalem for 15 or 20 years up until this point right he was very well known in the temple before not anymore and you can see that even in the text it's not direct but you can see it it took these people almost 7 days to recognize him and then the temple the temple should have been the place where, he, where Paul should have been welcomed, felt safe in, protected. The temple is a sanctuary, right? Read the um, Psalms, right? But no. It was the place where he was violently, brut- brutally laid hands on and taken away. The temple should have been the place where he should have been welcomed as one of, his, one of the temple's values and treasures. He is the one going around the world telling people about the, the God of the Bible, right? About God. No, he's not welcomed though. This was the place where he was treated like an enemy of God, not like a son by grace of God. And finally, the temple, which these Jews from Asia, which we're going to look at who they are, were very zealous for, it's exactly the same temple that they profane but by doing what they're doing. They're beating somebody up for being in the temple. And even more than that, but we'll see. Number two. Jews from Asia. Now, who are these people? Um, The group who came after Paul were Jews not from Jerusalem, right? You can see it in the name, Jews from Asia. These are the Jews of the dispersion, Jews who left Jerusalem and settled in different other surrounding countries. These are the people who mostly knew Paul, actually. They knew Paul better than the Jews in Jerusalem because it's exactly, they're exactly from those countries where Paul was traveling through. Right? They were exasperated, irritated, frustrated by what Paul is doing and who he is. Let me give you some examples so you can remember this as we go along. So next slide. I'm going to have four of these, four examples. Acts 13.50. But the Jews, these Jews, these are those Jews, right? But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of the district. These people have something to do, have a passion for bringing a lot of people together and shoving people out of cities or places. Second, Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds again, right they stoned people they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead again, again, the same the same method. Second, but the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men, again, taking people, taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city on an uproar, and attacked the house of, the Je- of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. Again, same exact way of, pre- of, of, of proceeding, of action. But when the Jews from the Thessalonica... Solanike learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also they came there too agitating and stirring up the crowds same Jews same exact group of people well we don't know if it's exactly the same people but these are the group of people that was going around following Paul trying to kill him because that's what's happening actually the method number three the method they the met the method they employed to bring all this about was what raise a mob, create an uproar right Nobody with a good honest god loving heart will create a mob to lynch somebody right. They didn't go to the high priest. They didn't go to the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin, whatever it's called, the leadership of the Jewish people. They went to the mob, the, the, the people at the bottom, and they stirred them up because they wanted to kill Paul. So just imagine how much power there is in leading a huge mob you, you, which, with which you cannot reason with, And just tell them lies, feed them lies, right? (coughs) Sorry. Number four, the argument. They're shouting out, men of Israel, help. In other words... If you are indeed men of Israel, true born Jews that have a concern for your church and your country, now is your time to show it by helping us seize an enemy of both church and state. That's what they're saying. In other words, you are not a true Jew if you're not against Paul. Sorry, having something in my throat. (laughs) And five. How about the accusations? They accuse Paul of two things. First, they (coughs) <coughs> <apologize>. Yeah. So <coughs> what did they accuse Paul of? <coughs> Thank you so much. So what did they accuse Paul of? One, they accuse him of bad doctrine. Um, can you just go to the next slide? Yes, they accuse him of bad doctrine. Where does that come from? They say this is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere about, against the people, the law, and this place. So um, not only is Paul. Living according to bad doctrine, but he's going around teaching people bad doctrine. Now let me let me let us let us look at those three: <clears throat> the people, the Jew, the people, the law, and everything <clears throat> against the Jews. Now, why, how, when, where was he teaching ever people about um, or teaching bad doctrine? Next slide. In Christ Jesus. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision (coughs) counts for anything, (coughs) but only faith working through love. In other words, Paul is teaching the Gentiles, non-Jewish people, that they're on the same standing with the Jews when it comes to God. Of course, it sounds as a bad doctrine if you reject the gospel, Christ, and the resurrection. Well, actually, actually what Paul was doing, he was teaching against the bad doctrine of those Jews. If you remember, how many times in the book of Acts did Paul fight with people like these against their bad doctrines? And their bad doctrine was the fact that in order to become a Christian, you have to keep the law and be circumcised. And Paul said, no, no, you don't need to do that if you can't go back. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts. Of course, it's a bad doctrine if you keep the exact opposite. How about the next one? Against the law. Next slide. <coughs> In Romans ten four. Next slide. In Romans ten four, Paul says, "For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes." Paul was teaching people to believe the gospel as the end of the law. And he was teaching people to believe in the perfection of the gospel. The gospel is enough. You don't need circumcision. You don't need to believe and keep the law. It's not by works. It's by faith. Let me read to you what Jesus said about this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them, but not. But I, didn't, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Nobody can keep the law. Jesus was the only one. So Paul is teaching people, go to Jesus, right? And they misinterpret that and call it evil. How about the third one against the temple? Next slide. <coughs> oh, no. Sorry. Maybe maybe this is uh maybe this is something you can No, can you go back? Yeah. This is something you you um you remember Paul is telling people in uh, 1 Corinthians 3:16. He says you yourselves are God's temple. Why did people go to the temple? They went there for sacrifices, they went there to pray, and they went there for worship. But now Paul teaches if you have the Holy Spirit, you are God's temple. Christ is crucified where you are. You have the Holy Spirit that was separated by that, by that um, um, tapestry in the temple. You can pray wherever you are. You have free access to God. Of course it sounds as a bad doctrine if you're rejecting Christ, right? Good. Thanks. Thanks. So that was, they accused him of bad doctrine. Then secondly, they accused him of bad practices. This to say all, only about, or mention, Trophimus, the Ephesians, right? The Ephesians. So the, um, Josephus, the historian, he said in one of his books that, I'll read it, in the inner court of the temple, where none that were uncircumcised were admitted, Under no circumstances, there was written on the wall in both Greek and Latin, it is a capital crime for strangers to enter. Now, put that together with the evil heart of these Jews from Asia. What you get is whatever they think Paul did has already happened. So they see Paul going through the city with this uh, Trophimus, and then they see him at the temple where many people around him doing the the, um, purification ritual. And they assume, yeah, he brought the Greek in the temple. They use all these presuppositions to get him. Now... Before we go further, just two things I want to point out as practical applications, and then we're very close to finishing. First one is um, your innocence is not a barrier um, against calumny and false accusations. It's not. You can be as clean and as innocent as Jesus was. What happened to Jesus? He was crucified, right? Your innocence is not a barrier against false accusations, whether of people or Satan. And then secondly, do not be surprised when false accusations come. The enemies of Christianity are not at all in lack of creativity to give a bad name to the faith. But at the same time, resolve. Let's resolve together in our hearts to never, ever, 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 ever give anybody a reason to create or to have accusations, real accusations against us. Pure as doves, right? Point number two. This one is short. Yeah, you can skip this. Yes. Paul is arrested by the tribune. Let me read the text first. And as they were seeking to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd for the mob of the people followed crying out, away with him, away with him. Does this look familiar? Does it remind you of anything? I mean, how different or how similar is this to Jesus' day when he was arrested, taken to the cross? Mobs, shouting, violence, arrested. Crucify him, crucify him. Away with him, away with him. Now, first of all, somebody brings news to the tribune. Something's going on in the city. But the reason why they're bringing the news is not because they're worried about Paul, but they're worried about politics, right? You, the tribune, are the leader of this region. If the emperor, the king, hears this, it's bad for you. And if it's bad for you, it's bad for all of us. We have to go down there, right? They're not concerned for Paul's well-being, but for public peace and order. And what is interesting, and why I'm pointing this out, is because... what. um, is that these people were instrumental in saving Paul's life. How many times God saves his people from small or big things through people who have no emotions and no sentiment for God and his people. But they're just instrumental. And that's what happened with the tribune and his people. Now, it says there that um, he at once took at once took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. Why were they there, available? How come? Well, they were available, as you probably know, during celebrations and uh, festivity days, there was always uproar. Something was always going on. And um, this can make you or should lead us to think, okay, so if they were always ready, if there was always a mob, did other Christians suffer what Paul suffered? And then third, the very sight of the Roman general and the soldiers is what stopped them, right? It says there, um, then the tribune came up and, arre- no, uh, and when they saw the tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. It's not the Roman general that needs to stop them beating paul it should have been their fear of god but these are not devout jews these are not jews who love christ these are not even jews who love the law they didn't stop because of god they stopped because of their roman enemies don't forget that roman the romans were enemies to the jews It's also interesting to notice, let me read this, I I found this in a a commentary. It is also interesting to notice how even though it should have been, sorry, that's not, it's fine, I skipped that, it's okay. Yes, and so, to close this point, the governor takes Paul into custody, and so the governor rescues Paul. Paul. Now, I just, uh, three more verses. Conclusion. I could end this in many ways. um, But I was thinking, um, given that this is the first day of his captivity that he's not gonna get out of, I was thinking to finish by asking Paul a question And then let Paul answer the question himself. And then I'm done. And so my question to Paul is, Paul, what was God's will for you, right? The church was praying for him when he left, when he went to Jerusalem. Okay, if you, Paul, don't want to stay with us and be safe, then go and we will pray that God's will be done. And my question is, okay, Paul, what was God's will for you? What was the purpose of all those challenges and all that suffering that you endured? What was the purpose of that? What's the purpose of all the small and big things that we, you and I, suffer today because we are Christians? What's the purpose of that? Why do we, why do we have testimony time during church? So let's leave Paul, let's let Paul answer the question. I'm going to read to you three paragraphs and then we're done. I want you to know, brothers, now Paul is talking to us. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. Same imperial guard, Roman guard, right? To the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Next slide. I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that now that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And the last one. It has been granted to you and me, Paul, that for the sake of Christ, you and me, Paul, should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. You cannot carry the name of Christ in Alborg and not suffer for it. The reason we do not carry the name of Christ into Alborg is because of the suffering that comes along with it. But what we forget is that the way God designed it is that we have both The testifying and the carrying of his name and the suffering. If he designed it like that for Paul, he designed it like that for us. And just one other thing, I forgot to mention it in the sermon. Suffering can also come in the form of false accusations. It came in Paul's case. Why wouldn't it come in our case? Right? It doesn't only have to be beatings and imprisonment. It can come in the shape of false accusations as well. Let's pray. Lord, this is just a humble, small, almost meaningless, I hope it's not meaningless, but almost meaningless attempt to show How glorious you are, Lord. Lord, it's because of the beauty of Christ that we stand here. It's because of his actions, because of his grace, because of his goodness. The goodness of God is running after us just like the song was saying. Lord, help us stop in our tracks and just receive it. Help us go like what Susan was reading at the beginning of the service let the children come to me we are your children lord we're running like crazy to fall into your arms lord so help us do that lord help us be courageous and steadfast in our faith help us don't help us not to help us not to stop by stop carrying the word of jesus into the city because of the suffering that we think it will bring but help us go boldly knowing that that's the way you set it up. Help us never lose an, lose an opportunity to witness to the power of Christ. Help us not be afraid. Help us not be afraid. And if we are afraid, give us such a courage that, would, that we would even overcome our fear because it's you lord and we're doing everything in your name amen i think there's a benediction yeah so let's then may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.